following are my insights and tips on pickleball. And although this should be a fun episode to listen to, you might also want to watch it on YouTube because I demonstrate a few things. This is the Kathleen Sessions podcast. To support this show, please subscribe on YouTube and on your favorite podcast app and visit the sponsors in the show description. Thank you. I'm new to pickleball. And like so many people, I really dig it. And I wanted to take a stab at answering the question of why. Why are so many people smitten with this sport? And what does the popularity of pickleball say? And I think that it shows we're hungry for community, that we are hungry to move our bodies, that we are hungry for a taste of success. And I'll get into that a little bit more later, that we are hungry to put down our phone, that we are hungry to be outside for those of us who play outside, which can be, um, in some cases, a more affordable way to play, that we are hungry for something healthy to do, and that we are hungry to work our brains and our reflexes. So in no particular order, I'm going to go through some random tips from a newbie, from a brand new person. I shouldn't say brand new. I've been playing a few months now, but I wanted to record this episode now while it's still new to me. Um, so that hopefully some of what I say might connect for, with those of you who are on the fence about trying pickleball or for those of you who are brand new. And so in no particular order, I'm going to start going through these. And the first tip that I would give, um, I'm saying this not only as someone who is tiptoeing through the decades, um, but I'm also saying it as a former certified personal fitness trainer and someone who has had lots of friends in a variety of capacities, not just with pickleball, get injured during thing, doing things. I am going to beg you. <laughs> I'm going to beg you to warm up when you before you start to play. And that is, I think, the main reason um, why it's so much more important with pickleball than it might be with other activities is the fact that in pickleball, we are doing so much lateral movement, so much going side to side, and we don't do a ton of that kind of movement in our everyday life. So warming up making sure that our Achilles tendons are stretched and warm, our calves are stretched and warm, our quads are stretched and warm and strong. I will get to that in a little bit, as well as our glutes and all of that good stuff. Um, just making sure we're warm will be a great way, not only for us to have a more productive productive session, but also will further reduce our risk of getting injured on the court um, so that we can play a lot longer. And I will talk about an injury I had early on um, that could have been avoided. And um, I'll go into that in a little bit. And hopefully I can help you avoid that as well. Um, here's another random thing. <laughs> and that is so many times, so many times pickleball gets, I was going to say racquetball because I'm a former racquetball player, but so many times pickleball gets compared to ping pong, ping pong and tennis. And if that 
doesn't speak to you, ignore that. I, I will say I have always been a terrible, <laughs> absolutely terrible ping pong player. And uh, I love pickleball and I'm decent at it. That might be some of the racquetball, but I'll, again, I'll get into more of why so many people are responding so strongly to pickleball because I think it's a sport where everybody can get a little taste of success early on, which is just awesome. But if the ping pong uh, comparison has, has you on the fence, just ignore it. Just ignore it because I am living proof that you don't have to be good at ping pong and still to enjoy pickleball and, and, you know, get a decent start at it. Okay. Uh, here's another random point, singles versus doubles. So I think most of us, when we're looking at videos online or when people are talking about pickleball, we, there's a big, it seems like out there, a big focus on doubles, which can be, is, I shouldn't say can be, is super fun. And, um, it's a way to not have to cover as much court space. So I think it makes it more accessible um, based on our fitness level or based on our age or based on if we are working through any injuries. So doubles is, and it also requires more nuance. Again, I'll get into that a little bit more in, in a moment. But I also just want to make sure everybody knows that singles is definitely an option when it comes to, to pickleball. And I think I want everyone to know that for a few reasons. One is that it's sometimes easier to find one other person to play than three other people to play. Um, and, you know, for, for those of you who do like to move more, um, who who um, maybe your fitness level is is there or you're de not dealing with any injuries or you've played sports in the past like racquetball or tennis or something along those lines um, where you're used to singles. Singles is definitely an option. The game looks and feels a little bit differently. You're definitely sprinting more and covering more of the court in singles. And I would say that you're most likely also um, playing the baseline more instead of up at the net and hitting the ball harder. So that might appeal to, to, um, to some players as well. But I, I just want to throw that out there because I don't feel like that is addressed as maybe much as it should be in terms of an option related to pickleball. So singles or doubles is an option and both are fun and you, your skills will develop, um, you'll develop uh, interesting skills doing both. Okay. What if you, here's the next thing. What if you don't have someone to play with? So maybe you've been thinking, yeah, this pickleball thing looks, looks really fun and I'd like to give it a try. You know, it's calling me, but I don't have anyone to play with. Um, a couple things to consider is one, a lot of places that offer pickleball courts, court time, um, have group lessons which are, if you're taking them in a group setting, they can be much more affordable. And it's not only a great way to learn the sport, um, but you'll also meet the people that you might end up playing with later on. So you'll meet people in the group lessons. And because you're all at the same level, those might end up being some of the people that you're playing doubles with or singles with and, um, 
So, so that would be something. Another um, thing, if you don't have someone to play with is even after you've taken lessons, group lessons, or if you've never taken them, but you've, you know, you're experimenting with it, you, there are um, places and it could be whether they're official pickleball places, or maybe your city's rec department has organized something. But a lot of times where pickleball is offered, they do offer uh, like these drop-in sessions. So it's like open play. Think about like, um, think about uh, playground basketball where you just show up and you sort of wait on the sidelines. And then once one team wins and the other team loses, the next group of random people, whether you knew each other or not, but the people that were waiting, the next five go out. It's kind of like that with the pickleball drop-in sessions. So you don't always have to have someone specific to play with. And again, I would look at some of the private offerings, but then also what your community is offering in terms of the city or some of the school systems, um, the rec departments. Okay. Um, and actually, since we were talking about lessons, I'm going to go to this next point, which is that it is really, <laughs> I'm saying this, I'm saying this with firsthand experience. It is really easy to develop bad habits that are then hard to break in pickleball um, if you either don't take lessons or watch some tutorials online. The thing about the internet and obviously everything going on with online tutorials and YouTube and everything, there's so much good information out there uh, in terms of people giving online instruction. So whether you can do in-person instruction or as part of a group lesson or a private lesson, or at least be watching some of the online tutorials, it will really help you establish good habits, um, which I'm telling you right now, uh, once you establish some of these bad habits, it is it is really hard to break. So anyway, I'm just going to put that out there in terms of, you know, we're always developing habits, right? Every moment of our life, we're developing habits, some of them helpful and some of them not helpful. So um, this allows us to like steer that a little bit more. Um, okay. One, one other option in terms of, again, sometimes the affordability, sometimes it can be a little bit more on the expensive side to rent a court. My experience, uh, I am in the Midwest and if you can't tell from my accent <laughs> and, uh, what I'm finding is it's about $10 a person for an hour or two of play right now, which, you know, $10 isn't bad, but sometimes, you know, and again, depending on how much you want to play, but sometimes that can start to add up. And if you're looking for more affordable ways to play, I think a lot of city courts now have, city tennis courts now have pickleball lines on them. And so, or there might be private courts as well that maybe just you can play on without having to pay, but that might playing outside is just not only a, a stunning way to get fresh air and like contend with and navigate nature, but it also can be a way to keep the sport more affordable. So be sure to consider that. And for those of you who live in a, in a colder and icier environment, again, here I am in the Midwest, uh, 
you know, I know some people who played early spring into late, late fall and only got off those outside courts once it was absolutely snowy and icy. <laughs> but then having an indoor option is is really nice. Okay, I'm going to go into now just a few things. Again, I'm still under my random tips area, but the both the the fitness trainer in me and the pickleball player and the the person who is moving through the decades just wants to shout out a few things that we could potentially do to keep ourselves out of out of injury. So one thing is I mentioned that um, pickleball has so much lateral movement. I think it's I think it is the lateral movement plus the fact that after like 40 we can get into like a little bit more we can have a few more problems with achilles tendons and not being stretched out or warmed up and that sort of thing but one of the things we can do a very simple way that you can start to prepare your body and not just prepare it for the first time you play but then ongoing as you're playing over the years to keep your lower body one thing you can do to keep your lower body stronger in terms of some of that lateral movement is just grab one of these little you can see this these loopy bands i think you can get them at you know target or wherever you get this sort of thing i think most the most stores, big box stores have them. Maybe you have a, a local store where you could get something like this and they're just these stretchy tubes. And if you just take that and step into it and so that it's around your ankles and then sidestep, keep your feet wide, even when you sidestep. So, <laughs> so take a step, keep the tension on and don't step all your your next foot all the way to the first foot keep keep them wide and that'll keep some tension on your quads and your glutes your glute medius and it'll help you start to build some strength in those areas that will help support some of that side to side movement i'm not going to get i'm not going to go too deep into this because i'm sure there are there's got to be, and I'll try and find something, some to link to. There's got to be some great stuff online from some wonderful trainers that maybe have a whole program available in terms of how to keep your um, lower body super strong. That'll help support your knees, right? Uh, and uh, make sure that we're able to play for a long time. But I, I as I was leading up, I, I do a fair amount of lower body work anyway. Personally, I do a lot of squatting and lunging and that sort of thing. But as I was leading up to my first pickleball session, I added a lot more of this work in because I was a little worried about the lateral. And um, so anyway, and these come in different um, thicknesses. So some are super thin and easy. And then as you get stronger, you can get some thicker ones that make it a little, put a little more tension there. Okay. That's just a random, random point. And obviously, obviously, talk to your doctor. Talk to, if you've got a personal trainer, if you go to a gym, um, get clearance from your doctor. If you're having any issues, I'm not here to give any sort of <laughs> medical advice or anything along those lines, but this is just a, an easy, an easy way to get the ball rolling. Okay. Um, okay. Now I'm going to go into wrist and shoulder because this is the injury I had. So uh, what I would say is that tennis elbow or people getting tennis elbow or feeling some, some wrist pain 
can sometimes be part of the equation or part of what happens. And I'd say pretty early in, I started to experience some and I found for me, so I'm not going to extensively cover wrist and elbow and, and shoulder issues, but it sidelined me for, uh, it sidelined me for about a month or six weeks. And for me, what ended up happening, I thought, um, this is my paddle, which I love, but what, what was causing the problem was the size of the grip. And without making this too complicated, um, I found that I was not the size of the grip of the handle did not allow me to have like a firm handle on the paddle. And that led to the paddle like wavering a little bit, which that vibration went into my wrist, into my elbow and caused inflammation and set me out a bit. So one of the things I did, and again, you should maybe talk to your doctor or a PT or something along those lines. But a simple fix for me is I took some medical tape. You can see how my, my, um, my handle is nice and white and the whole, the whole paddle's kind of pretty. Right. And then I just took this ugly tan medical tape cause this is what I had. And I beefed up the top area so that when I wrap my pinky and my thumb around, I can hold that better before it was way narrower and I was getting overlap. And that was again, making this subtle, but it was a subtle vibration that caused a big problem for me. So I just beefed it up by wrapping some tape around and you're going to want to resist. I know I like, like your paddle, if you buy a paddle, you're going to love it and you're not going to feel like you want to mess it up by putting some ugly tape on it. But I'm telling you, this was a massive this was a massive uh, improvement for me or a massive, it really, really helped me to beef up that part of the grip so that it's thicker. You can see that. I hope you can see that. So that's thicker at the top, which then again allowed me to have a, a, a stronger grip. Now, one other thing that I still might consider, although since I've made this change at the top, I've had zero elbow or wrist issues, um, is one other thing I could do is I could untape the original tape on here and I could shave down the part where my, I could just shave it down, right? Which is using a little whittling knife or something. The, the lower part where my pinky wraps around so that my pinky wrapped around more. And that would again, allow me to have a better hold on the racket. And if you think this sounds complicated, trust me, it, it's not, especially the tape part, just beef up the, if you've got, if you've got, um, you know, if that grip is feeling at all weird or you're starting to get any wrist or elbow issues, just wrap tape around the top and see if that makes a difference. Um, I'm going to leave it at that because I don't want to, maybe we'll have someone on a future episode that can go into these micro changes to your racket, but the grip, the size of the grip, it's way more important than we ever you know, think about. And as a former racquetball player, and I know a lot of tennis players have dealt with this, um, uh, you know, grip, grip is really, really important. And so when that issue happened and I had the wrist and the elbow it was such a bummer because I was, I was on fire for pickleball and having so much fun and feeling like I was on a roll. And then I had to step away and and that's what I would recommend too. If you start to have wrist or elbow issues, rather than pushing through it, don't push through it. Take a step back. Don't play for a while. Ice it. 
you know, try to get your inflammation down, maybe eat less sugar. Sugar causes a lot of inflammation. Make sure you're getting good sleep at night. All anything you can do to like, you know, I think another thing is obviously keeping our stress down. <laughs> but anything we can do when we're starting to feel an injury or already have an injury to keep the inflammation down will be super important. But probably one of the best things you can do is just not play for a while. So I guess one of the reasons I'm here doing this right now, this podcast today, is that if I can help you avoid any of any, if there's any potential, I can help you avoid injury and having to step away from it. Um, that's what I'm going to do. And again, I think in future episodes, we'll have some some experts on <laughs> who can dive into this more deeply. Okay. One other thing um, in terms of <laughs> in terms of injury, uh, and I wouldn't say injury so much as like just something that pokes at you, is if you go anywhere where a lot of people are playing pickleball, well, first of all, you're going to hear a lot of laughing. You're going to you're going to see people having a blast. You're going to see people working their buns off. You're going to it's just a really, really fun environment. But one of the things, if you notice, you're going to see a lot of especially new players, and I don't want to say especially older players, but it is something I've noticed, is a lot of people as they're in their stance, you know, holding their racket and waiting for the ball to come across the, the net, a lot of people are stiff-legged, locking their knees and then bending over at the waist to wait for that you know, to wait to take that, uh, to take the, you know, the ball that's coming over the net. And oh my goodness, the tension that puts on your lower back, um, it's unbelievable. So if possible, again, in, in, in this spirit of building good habits, good habits early, in the spirit of that, if you can be in an athletic stance, by that I mean, you know, your feet are wide and you're squatting down, waiting for that ball to come across. Not only are you going to be more able, you know, you're, you're going to be able to respond to the, what comes across the net faster. And you're going to, you're going to be able to be more successful in getting to that ball or hitting it the way you want to hit it. And not just because, um, you barely got to it and then it goes off the tip of your racket. But so number one, get in that athletic stance, bend your knees, squat down, be ready be, because you'll be more effective, but also it's going to take enormous tension off your low back. Um, in my first group lesson, I did notice so many people locking out their knees. And I honestly, the main reason I was in an athletic stance wasn't necessarily because of my background or my, it was just because I couldn't stand the way they were standing because my back started hurting immediately. So, so again, you'll be more effective, but you'll also reduce tension on your back, which is something you end up hearing a lot of new pickleball players talking about just, just that achiness in the low back. You can avoid that by squatting down in that athletic stance stance. Um, the other thing that happens with that, right? The beauty of an athletic, there's so many beautiful things about taking an athletic stance when you're, when you're playing athletics, um, more power, more, ah, 
quicker response, all of that. But, but the other beautiful thing is if you're playing an hour of pickleball and you're in an athletic stance, most of the time, think about what you're doing. You're building glute strength. You're building your quads. You're building hamstring strength. You're, you know, you're getting a little more stretch in your calves and your Achilles tendons. And so just, and, and you're getting a stretch through the, the hip area as well. So that cumulative effect of, of, of session after session of playing pickleball and being in that athletic stance, you're going to come away stronger and more flexible and more able to enjoy your life robustly, more able to avoid injury, avoid falls. Like there's so many good things that come from it. So that would be a huge, that would be a huge point I would make is, is be in an athletic stance, be ready. Okay. Um, you know, earlier we were talking about how, if you take lessons or do tutorials online and do some reading ahead of time, not that will help you avoid establishing some bad habits early on. And I'll just say that one of my bad habits, and now it's there and now I'm having to work to unreal it. Um, is that partly because I was a, a racquetball player, I love to hit the ball hard. <laughs> like, you know, with racquetball, I mean, yes, there was some nuance and yes, you'd have some touch shots and some ceiling shots and some, but a lot of times you were going for the kill in racquetball. And uh, I think a lot of tennis players have this too, although unless you were a touch player around the net or something um, or, or really good at some of the spin stuff, but one of my bad habit is that I hit the ball. Like I always just want to hit the ball really hard. I just want to like kill it. I just want to like, I want to smash it over the net. And number one, you know, it's, it's, it doesn't make for a very nuanced game. There's so much, I think one of the fun things about pickleball is there's so much opportunity for touch and for nuance and for, you know, yeah, hit the ball hard, but then hit it really soft and surprise them there. I mean, and I think all that nuance is actually what keeps our brains more active in the game, like, like in, and creates a greater <clears throat> sophistication with our mind and body connection. So yeah, I, I, I I am now having to work to undo this because it's like an adrenaline rush, right? I hit the ball hard and get a rush and then I'd want to hit it hard again. And uh, I think the other disadvantage of just going out and hitting it hard all the time, despite, you know, that rush to do so in that moment, but um, uh, I lost my train of thought, but Oh, the thing that I was going to say about hitting the, the ball hard is that um, because I'm always trying to just whack the heck out of the ball, I am much more likely to hit the ball in the net or to hit it out. And pickleball is a lot more fun <laughs> when the ball can be in play, right? And and uh, it's more fun when you win too. And I have found that the longer, you know, the more that I'm just constantly trying to hit the ball hard, the worse I'm doing over time that, yeah, sometimes I get, um, <laughs> sometimes I can hit the ball really, I can, I can slam it, you know, uh, and maybe win the point. But for the most part, I'm not 
progressing the way that I could if I had more tools in my toolkit. So I'm just using myself and, and, and that habit as an example as to one reason, one reason why you really want to think about those, those habits you're establishing early on. Okay. So the final thing that I'm going to discuss is something a little more philosophical. That's which is funny, you know, philosophical or philosophy and pickleball, <laughs> but, but something's been, something's been poking me or in a good way and kind of weighing on me and getting me to think more about this is, you know, I think again, one of the reasons why so many people are enjoying pickleball is because it gives you, for so many people, it gives you um, it's so accessible that it gives you a little taste of success early on. And that then inspires us and motivates us and makes us, makes us want to go play again and maybe get a little more success. And, and it's accessible and you can progress and um, it keeps you coming back. It keeps you engaged. And the more that I've witnessed that personally and among my friends and just as I'm watching new people you know, come into the sport at the, the place that I play. I, I just wonder if maybe there is something the educational system can take away from this popularity of pickleball. And by that, I mean that can, can we, when you think about schools nationwide, and you think about kids coming from so many different backgrounds and so many different home lives. And is there a way that we can meet kids where they are and give them a taste of success and allow them to feel that, allow them to feel that success at school and in various topics so that they want to come back. So they're excited. So they're inspired so that they almost become obsessive with it the way that so many people are becoming obsessive about pickleball. And I'm not talking about participation trophies or just, just getting a good grade for showing up or anything along those lines. But I think we have to absolutely, absolutely figure out a way. I think we all recognize that kids come into kindergarten and first grade and second grade and wherever they're coming from at whatever grade that kids are coming in at different levels with, you know, again, different things going on at home and different scenarios. And if we can find a way to take any given subject and let them taste success instead of it feeling over their head immediately, and then they get sort of you know, that routed into the kids who aren't so good at math or aren't so good at science or aren't so good at reading. And have they, they then have this perpetual feeling that they're less than, and then we wonder why, you know, that in some places and in some cities, the graduation rates are atrocious or why kids fall through the cracks or why they don't want to go to school. 
And again, I, I want to make sure I'm making the distinction here. This is not about giving easy A's or dumbing things down or um, participation trophies. This is about the dawning realization that how important it is to meet kids where they are at and what is possible if we do. And I, I oddly enough, I just see this, this pickleball sensation, this pickleball rage that's going on. I mean, rage in a good way, positive way, um, as an indication of, of what might be possible with kids which I know the solution isn't easy. It would require probably smaller classrooms and more teachers. That would be a good investment. Smaller classrooms and more teachers, adequately compensated teachers. Anyway, okay, sorry. I didn't mean to veer that so heavily, but that is the thing that kind of sits with me as I'm experiencing this. Thank you for listening or watching. To support this podcast, please subscribe to our YouTube channel. And in fact, that is the more I'm going to, I'm going to moving forward, make that the most consistent place that I'm checking for, you know, questions or comments or guest suggestions or topic suggestions. Um, yes, I will try to answer on the different social media, um, the, you know, and the, um, the different social media aspects that the Kathleen Sessions participates in, but I think for consistency pur purposes, um, YouTube, I will check it and answer very consistently there. So um, to support this podcast, please, um, please subscribe to our YouTube channel and subscribe on your favorite podcast app and um, visit the sponsors that are in the show description. Have a beautiful day, everyone.